Hey everyone, and welcome to Bomb Ready Hour. I'm your host, Jill Jones, and thank you for tuning into this episode. Today, we are going to talk about violence and mind control and just how that played into my decision making while I was there. Um, I know I've touched on this a little bit, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the subject and just see what that looked like on a day to day basis. So, thank you so much for joining us, and I can't wait to share this with you. As always, before every episode, I want to insert a clear content warning. Some of the topics that we discuss are considered disturbing or triggering. I want you to consider this before listening any further. Some of the topics that we discuss are physical, mental, and sexual abuse, violence, trafficking, and drug use. Just a quick side note before we jump into tonight's episode. Um, I wanted to apologize to you guys. I am by no means a professional podcaster. I am a single mom who works a full-time job and is going to college. I don't have multiple episodes saved up that are already recorded and done. And so when life happens, there's a delay in episodes and I apologize. I know a lot of people have asked me about consistency and when... For the most part, I try to do every other Saturday. Sometimes life just gets in the way and that doesn't totally happen. So just so you guys know from now on, I will do my best, but I can't guarantee that they're going to be as regularly. I'm just in a season of my life where things are a little difficult right now, like a dog shaking in the background. (laughs) It is what it is. All right, jumping into tonight's episode, there are a few things that I have mentioned before, but just in case you are just now getting into the story with me, um, the violence with Jack started pretty early, uh, like the first night. (laughs) Um, It increased in regularity and severity just as time went on. Um, There were patches of time where there wouldn't be any like physical violence um but then there were also times where uh he would punch me in the face and tell me it was just because he hadn't punched me in a while (laughs) and I didn't like I didn't actually do anything wrong (laughs) um Jack's favorite was like punching you in the face or punching in the mouth uh I have no idea how many times I had my teeth put through my lips um multiple times on a regular occasion I had busted lips um part of my face I now have scar tissue built up in my lip from my tooth being put through my lips so much um and it's changed how my smile looks and for me that's like a permanent um reminder (laughs) of what you know even now I will have people say like oh you've got such a great smile or oh you've got such a pretty smile and I'm like it doesn't look like it used to it's a little crooked now (laughs) like that's all I can think because to me it doesn't look the same my face doesn't look the same my smile my mouth like all of it is just affected by this damage you know and it's just a, a a constant physical reminder of you know things that aren't happening anymore but that that were a reality for me at one point um jack would even fairly frequently would get drunk and would beat me for things that i didn't like the he thought i did but really it was another girl or he would beat me and then tell me it was for something i did like six months ago which was always like (laughs) 
super confusing because he he'd be like trying to explain what it was that I was in trouble for and it wouldn't make sense and it wouldn't he would bring up something from the past or it just you could tell he was searching for a reason because because I was asking like why (laughs) Um, and he didn't really have a reason there wasn't really it was just a control thing it was how he maintained the aspect of fear over the relationship um there were several times where Jack would get drunk and beat me for his mistakes, um, which was a super confusing aspect of it because on one hand, you have Jack telling you, do not think for yourself. You make no decisions. You don't question me on anything that you do. Um, and that you definitely don't tell him what to do. And then when something happens, like, okay, so one night specifically, (laughs) Jack was supposed to be on his way to pick me up, but he was driving drunk. And instead of turning the way that he should have to come and get me, he ended up going across the George Washington into New Jersey. So he then, which is a $25 toll, by the way, if you guys don't know, it's $25 to cross the bridge into New Jersey. And then it cost him another $25 to go from Jersey back into New York to come get me. And when he finally came and picked me up, he, I remember him pinning me down in the backseat of the car with his elbow on the temple of my head, like punching me in the face because he went the wrong way on the highway and I wasn't even in the car I wasn't even in the car (laughs) but because he was driving drunk um somehow that was my fault that was my response I should have somehow magically like circumvented that situation and so he there it was just it was constant um the most severe I think um violence there was one time it was towards the end of my stay with Jack. (laughs) Um, I had, was getting to the point where I knew that I needed to get out. I needed to leave if I was going to save myself. Like I could not continue to survive in this situation. The violence was escalating. His expectations of me were escalating and we were uh, moving into more illegal things. And it just, it was, I knew that, that if I didn't get out, things were going to go south. And so I had started kind of squirreling money away, which is um, number one rule of things you don't do to Jack is take his money. <laughs> and so Jack decided that um, he was going to handle that. So um, most hotels have a safe in them. Um it's just a little bonus feature. Um, and for the most part, I would keep my money in the safe if I was working out of a hotel room. And there was one night, um, towards the end of my little three year vacation that I, Jack, I was working, um, in New Jersey and Jack decided to show up unannounced (laughs) and he asked me where the money was. And so I pulled it out of like this little zip binder thing I had, uh, in a desk drawer. And he's like, why don't you have the money in the safe? You should have the money in the safe. (laughs) Well, I had started to try and like hold money back so that I could leave because 
I don't know. There was something in me that said that I couldn't leave with with nothing. Like I needed, <laughs> I needed to have something to show for this like three years of fucking hell. Like because I had made so much money and gave so much money to Jack. Like it it bothered me to leave empty-handed, and so I felt like I needed to save up enough money that if I left, I could at least like, you know, start over, (laughs) feed myself and clothe myself and have a roof and things like that. And so I had, um, a couple thousand dollars, I think is what it was that was saved aside while it was in the hotel safe. And so Jack is now has the money for the day that I had given him and is asking me where, the rest of, or he's, no, he was asking me why I wasn't keeping it in the safe. And I was just like, oh, I hadn't thought about it. I, you know, I haven't had any issues with any jerks lately. So I didn't think I needed to, you know, and, and he's like, well, open the safe. Let's put it in there. And I'm, um, obviously like freaking out because I know that the money that I have set aside is in there. And, um, he, after multiple, you know, I tried to like, (laughs) distract and change the subject and it just wasn't working. So, um, he ends up, he's figuring out that I'm nervous to open the safe. (laughs) And so he doesn't really say anything. He just lifts his shirt up and tucks it over the gun that's in his waistband. And then he looks at me and he's like, open the safe, (laughs) which was, you know, a nonverbal, very clear. Um, so I opened the safe and he found the money that was in there. Um, and he was so pissed. He, he started yelling and was cussing and is like pacing back and forth. He's now pulled the gun out of his waistband. It's in his hands. Um, he cocks it and, uh, it jams. But he doesn't know that I know enough to know that it's jammed. And so in his anger, he points the gun at my head and is yelling. And at one point he said, you know what it is. And I remember like out loud, just because I'm a smart ass 99% of the time. I was like, no, actually I don't. Like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) Like, don't, I don't understand. Like, you know. And, um, he just continues yelling and, and acted like he was gonna try to shoot me (laughs) and was threatening to shoot me and was telling me that he would leave my dead body on the floor. He didn't give a fuck and that, um, nobody would care if I stopped breathing and just, you know. So at this point, I'm like, well, I'm not going to stand here and just let you shoot me. So, (laughs) um, I charged at him. I grabbed the gun with my right hand and I stuck my finger in the trigger loop behind his fingers. So behind the trigger so that it couldn't be pulled back. Um, and then I kind of turned and flipped. I ended up with both of my hands and Jack's hand and the gun underneath of me on the bed. So I'm like laying on the stomach, on my stomach, on the bed. I'm trying to like wrestle this gun away from him, but he's, 
a very large man who is much stronger than I am. And so that did not work. <laughs> and, um, so he pulls the gun, you know, just kind of yanks real hard and pulls the gun out from underneath of me and just starts wailing over the back of my head with the handle of the gun. And I can't tell you for sure how many times he hit me. I probably eight or 10, 12. I don't know. At one point after the third or fourth hit, I literally started seeing stars. It was black. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is what it feels like to die. Like, this is what I'm, I've reached the end of my life. Like, (laughs) this is, is what it feels like to just, you know, end. And, um, the gun actually broke apart. (laughs) Come to find out it wasn't even a real gun. He had, uh, it it was a CO2 cartridge. Uh, (laughs) it just looked like a real gun. So that was magical to find out, you know, after I thought I was going to get shot by an actual gun. Um, but, uh, once the gun broke apart, he stopped hitting me with it and proceeded to wrap his arm around my neck and was choking me and was telling me, you know, um, that he was going to leave me there on the floor and nobody was ever going to find me. And it was just, um, I joke, the thing that saved me was I had gotten my nails done (laughs) the day before. And so they're strong and they're sharp. (laughs) And I could not even breathe enough to scream for help. And so I reached up and I knocked the hotel phone off of the stand, um, which made the phone fall off the receiver. I hit the zero to call the front desk and I reached up and I dug nine of my 10 nails into Jack's forearm to the point that it made him release enough that I could get a breath. And I screamed, call 911. I was honestly at that point hoping that the front desk did not hear me because the only thing that makes the situation worse between a pimp and a prostitute is police. Uh, we're all going to jail. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what he did to me. I was doing something. Like, so it, it, it just doesn't really help uh, a whole lot. If you, if the cops show up f- for anything, once Jack realized that I had hit the zero for the front desk and had yelled to call 911, he got up and ran out of the room. Um, he drove around for a while, I guess, uh, at one point probably 20 or so minutes after he left, he called my cell phone, which I thought he had taken it with him. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, and it was actually, I found it was ringing like behind the bed. Um, and he asked me if I need like medical care or what's going on. And I'm telling him like, I don't know. I, there's so much blood coming out of my head. Like my hair was, really lightly colored at the time. And so it was very obvious. Um, I mean, my whole head was just red, just soaked and, um, my shirt was soaked and it's just, it was a pretty constant flow. (laughs) And so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to grab some stuff and I'll be back by there. And so he goes to Walgreens and gets like this. It was a box that just said wound care kit. (laughs) And he brings that back to the hotel room tries to get me in the shower to wash off and 
it hurt so bad. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even, it, it literally brought me to my knees. <laughs> the only pain other than I think childbirth that has like f- functioned my body unworkable. Like <laughs> I could just could not, um, at all. And so Jack was nice enough to order me an Uber to an emergency room. Um, Come to find out once I got there that he Googled incorrectly and he sent me to a pediatric urgent care. (laughs) And so they originally told me that they were not going to see me because I was technically over the age limit. Um, But I begged and I was, you know, I told her, I said, I'm very obviously injured. Like there's blood pouring from my head. I'm already here. Do you think they can make an exception? Um, and the woman very snappily <laughs> was like, ah, they said they were going to see you. I'm like, thank you. Sorry to inconvenience you. <laughs> like, So I uh, went back, saw the doctor. Originally, I told them that I slipped and fell in a parking garage. And so as they're cleaning my head and, and trying to like get all of the wounds visible, um, <laughs> The doctor says, uh, I can't think of anything in a parking garage that's this shape. <laughs> and I just was like, ah, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> what do I, um, well, he's like, so you can tell me what really happened? I was like, yeah, uh, I got pistol whipped. And he's like, he leaned my head over and looked and... He said, yep, that makes more sense. (laughs) Uh, And what's crazy to me, so he said to me then after that, he said, so are we reporting this or not? And I said, not. And he said, okay. And that was the end of it. There was no other questions about my safety or, uh, and I think had he pried um, a little more, I might have, I was so ready to be done at that point. Like that might have been the end for me. Um, I, I only stayed for about four months after that, but, um, (laughs) that's four months that I would have liked to have not been there. (laughs) So, um, it's a shame. My, my instinctual like PTSD, uh, you know, fear response because of Jack was, no, we're not reporting this. Of course not. You know, and like I said, the police just don't really help these kinds of situations. And so, um, it, it, it would have been nice, but it is what it is. So they, they did get, I ended up getting 16 staples in the back of my head. Um, and I have lovely scars now in my scalp. Um, I can't brush my hair too hard in those spots still. Uh, I put a bobby pin in my hair the other day and I hit one of the scars and it hurt like it just happened, uh, both physically and emotionally, weirdly. <laughs> um, but some of those things, they have the same effect. Uh, you know, the fear was the a big key to the manipulation with Jack keeping him, keeping you afraid, you know, was the main, if you weren't afraid, all the other, you know, brainwashing and you're a whore and that's all you'll ever be doesn't have the same effect. 
you know, if you just are mean to me, like, whatever, <laughs> I can leave that. But if you're mean to me and you might kill me, you know, there's, it's just different. And so even now, you know, that there's still, I hate to think that he still has any control over my life, but the, the daily effects that I deal with being out, um, you know, hitting that scar on my head or, uh, I cut my hair sh pretty short and was able to see the scars at one point, And that was, um, it was a, a rough reminder for me and it kind of brought back that fear, um, and kind of wondering when that would ever be over. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode. I am so glad that you guys were here. As always, if you could please share this podcast with your friends, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just post it wherever you can. That is the the biggest way that we have grown is just by word of mouth. Um, you can follow Bought by the Hour on Facebook. You can email us at boughtbythehour at gmail.com. And you can also find me, Jill Jones, on Facebook. I would love to connect with you guys there. Thanks so much for joining us.